Micro Queers. It's your bi-weekly dose of queer horror shorts, and I'm Joe. And I'm Trace, and uh, welcome back, everyone. We Some of y'all might have been wondering why we didn't have a new episode of Micro Queers last week, and just in case you missed our first episode of the year, we have gone bi-weekly with Micro Queers, so every other Friday you'll get a new episode. Yeah, part of this is just that we didn't want to exhaust the amount of queer horror shorts that we have access to. Although, a quick little shout out to Michael Verratti for directing my attention to a few more. But also just, uh, we're tired. So, uh, yeah. you know what? We're going to do this every other week and we're going to make sure that the episodes stay good. Oh yeah, they're, they're going to be really good. So yeah, we're, but this is um an interesting short to be our sophomore feature of 2021, Joe. <laughs> yeah, and we are talking about Monica Estrella Negra's Flesh. And Trace, I won't lie, this is probably our most challenging short that we've covered so far. It's very avant-garde. Yeah, and um, okay, so I'll, I'll start by reading the logline because I recognize that sometimes I didn't do that very well. <laughs> so the film... Go, go- Go ahead, go through this like synopsis for a bit. <laughs> so the film follows Ray, played by Esther Matthews Allegria, and she is a young black queer woman in the DIY punk scene in Chicago, and she's feeling entrapped by her own community, so she seeks to destroy what ultimately is destroying her. Yes, I will confess, um, I had to watch this twice, uh, okay. it's, and Joe, you thankfully sent me over some interviews with monica and they definitely helped <laughs> enlighten me on this because i was very much like oh my god it it's i know you haven't seen it but like the sound design like how uh oh god what, what it's unsynchronized sound how it's like we're seeing something on the screen but then like mm-hmm. the sound that we're hearing is not matching up with what we're seeing on screen yes folks we should note that there is actually a warning on the youtube link and i believe we'll have made sure that we have given you proper warning but just in case you happen to just watch the short uh, before you listen to this and you didn't pay attention, the there's a moment of asynchronous sound where the characters and the audio doesn't line up. And that is purposeful, but it's very much in the spirit of this short, which is it's confrontational, it's off-putting, it's uh, making you feel slightly uncomfortable and like, oh, what is happening here? And it would be really easy to watch that and think, oh, there's a mistake here. Like something, something's gone wrong with the soundtrack and it's not, it's very deliberate. Well, that's the thing is, you know, I, I, I start watching this and I'm like, oh, this is really low budget, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, oh, like at first I'm like, oh, this isn't really well made. But then as, as you keep watching it, you're like, oh no, this is all very much intentional. <laughs> it's so deliberate. Yeah. Like, And I think that's what I really ended up enjoying about the short. I've actually had the pleasure of interviewing Monica. So full disclosure, she's one of the only queer black female creatives that I could find when I was doing my interview project a couple years ago for my website. Mm -hmm. And 
I just find her fascinating. So she is extremely counterculture. She does not like capitalism. She fucking hates the way that like white conglomeracy has like usurped and taken over the creative space for like black people and queer people. So she really kind of wants to burn the system down. And I feel like if you know that about her and then you watch this short, you really get that but it would be so easy if you didn't have that background context to watch this and think, oh yeah, this is, you know, it's not very well made because it like sequences repeat and the snow doesn't match and this kind of stuff. And it's like, no, no, she did it on no, purpose. No, I mean, I, I think after the first time it happens, like once it happens again, it's like, okay, like, no, th- this is not someone being willfully obtuse with filmmaking techniques here. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. someone who is like purposefully doing this to put us in the mind of her protagonist. I will say, and you know me, Joe, I'm punk music and punk yeah. aesthetic is not <laughs> it's not my favorite so i did have a i was uncomfortable watching this because it just it, it's just very much out of my wheelhouse but yes i still like i i appreciate what this thing is trying to do with this thing i appreciate what this short is trying to do it's just yeah it's um it's a rough watch uh it's it, it yeah I, I don't even know where to go from there Well, maybe we can focus on the fact that there's a couple of texts that get echoed when you start to do a bit of research on this short. So people will say that this is either like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer Mm -hmm. or Maniac. So it's like a a queer black subversion of a serial killer trope. Well, and I thought at first going into it that it was a type of rape revenge, but that is not what we're dealing with here. No, this is very much a woman who feels at odds with her community and that she is, I I mean, I think to me, that's where the sound really comes into play. Like, I I didn't know what to make of this short when I first watched it. And when Mm -hmm. I did the research and started looking at interviews with her, I was like, oh, yeah, it's Claire's day. Like, here, I've got a quote here. So for the asynchronous sound, she says, I wanted to convey the discomfort Ray feels while interacting with her oblivious friend. The non-syncing of the words, the white noise in the background, because that's what her friend is creating, the discomfort of not seeing the words match her lips, Ray's obvious silence as her friend's voice takes over on screen. And I really feel like that's the purpose of the short, right? It's this woman who just doesn't feel like she fits in. And if you think about Australia Negra's like approach to thinking about how commodified spaces have become the Mm -hmm, punk scene but also the queer scene the horror scene this is a woman who is lashing out because she has nothing left to lose i mean and these are conversations that i mean they've been happening for a while but again most mostly like it's it's been really a lot more widespread since like black the black lives matter movement like really really like started hitting like taking off so that sounds weird but last summer and they are conversations that have been yeah every single sect of what you're saying like be it queer culture horror culture whatever it's it's kind of hitting us all here and it's forcing everyone to have a lot of uncomfortable conversations and also look at their history and like how they've interacted with people of color i don't know And, and like it's watching this as a white man it's it's like i don't know i feel like it um it like brings out like a lot of white guilt. Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, I, I've often okay. How do we? Do I know. This, right? I know. <laughs> um, I think one of the things that I really love about watching films that are made from other communities is that not only can it be a confronting experience where we 
we have to engage with, oh, what is it like when I am not necessarily the primary audience for this? And what does that feel like? But also, yeah, it films like these put us in our place as white viewers and say, maybe you're not the right audience. Maybe this is about you and you need to be taking this personally. Like, I, I love how political this is, despite the fact that, like, someone could easily watch this, completely miss the point, and be like, hmm, it's just like a low-budget slasher. Or just be like, oh, that was really weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's the power of art, man. Isn't that fascinating? There's something... So There's something that some of my friends and I like to joke about. It's like whenever a white person tastes, like, food that's um just very, like, very, like, it's ethnic. It's not, like, typical, quote-unquote, white food. interesting. That's, it's, it's, that's, that's interesting. Or, oh, that, that's different. Mm, so different. <laughs> and so I just imagine people, like, watching this, like, hey, that was, um, that was different. That was a different kind of film to watch. I do think the other thing that I like about this is that this feels angry to me like oh, yeah. the, this is political art in the best way possible but i like that it feels angry like ray as a character has so much rage boiling under her th- under her surface and you can see it in the scenes where she's just like listening to people talk and she doesn't want to hear what they have to say and she's watching her friend make fuck eyes at this stupid guy who shows up when they're having drinks and it like she's just so mad about everything all the while she's just hearing white noise like we're not even mm-hmm. hearing this conversation because it doesn't fucking matter and and just to make it crystal clear like white noise in both ways Oh, <laughs> oh, I see what you did there, Monica. Good for yes. you. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess one of the other reasons that I wanted to program this specifically, you know, sometimes I try to match up the short with the film. In this case, I I was like, cool, let's get some some down and dirty murder. But really, the main reason I programmed this is because the short was previously not available. So it only became available over the holidays. So I've been meaning to watch it for ages, but it just wasn't. Uh, did it did it do film festivals i'm assuming no i mean this is from like 2016 so it's been available for a long time just you know a lot of creatives don't want to make their work publicly available in its entirety so you can sometimes only watch a teaser or trailer for sure so as soon as i saw that it was available i wanted to get people's eyes onto this so that's one of the reasons why we program this specifically now I mean, it's going to spark some discussions, I'm sure, both in, like, the, the meaning behind it and, like, honestly, actually, a question for you, too. What do you make of the ending of this? Does she just goes off on her way again to tackle the world? I kind of took it to be that she's going to keep killing until she gets caught. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, I mean, this is, like, you know, a slice of life, if you will, of her. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, yeah, like, she's just going to keep doing it. Yeah. Rage, rage against the machine. Very much. And the machine in this case is white society and people who don't make the punk scene equitable. Right. Now, (laughs) would you watch a feature length version of this? So I did have a think about this since I watched this this afternoon. My answer is no. Okay. But I would like to see a slightly longer version of this. So I get a very surface level appreciation for who Ray is. Like, I understand her motivation, but I don't know who she is as a character. And I feel like with five, maybe ten minutes more, where we could just kind of unpack this, dive deeper into some of these scenes. Like, the scenes of her either getting her hair braided as a child or, you know, her seeing that in the environment you're like okay 
there's some context clues and maybe I'm just missing it because I don't know that aspect. Like as a white person, we don't experience that kind of stuff. But I also don't know if it's just like, oh, this was financial. And maybe just with a little bit more money, a little bit more time, we could have fleshed some of these things out so that we could really feel the impact a little bit more. So I don't want a feature. I want like a 25-minute version of this. I mean, this is going to make me sound like a complete asshole, but like I I, I couldn't... I, I only I could endure a feature like this because it's the style. It, it, it's just so... It's an assault on the senses, and I, I, I get the point of it, and I mm-hmm. get why it's like this. I just don't enjoy, like, being, like, enduring it. It's like an endurance test for me. Like, it reminds me a lot of, like, have you ever seen Tetsuo the Iron Man? I feel like I've asked you this before. <laughs> you have, and I haven't. It's like my only reference point for, like, really weird, like, <laughs> art house type shit with weird sound. And that, that movie is an, an assault on the senses as well, but it's 67 minutes long. So, right. but it feels three times as long. It's a really good movie, but I have no desire mm-hmm. to ever watch it again. Well, I think this is very much the the format suits the purpose, right? And right. It, to make its point, it doesn't necessarily need to be feature length, right? Like what it's doing in 15, it's accomplishing well. Uh, for me, I, I want just a little bit more. For you, you're like, nope, I get it. 15 minutes is what it needed to get this point across. Well, but on the flip side though, you know, that that's not like keeping it at this length is not going to put it in more people in front of more people's faces. If it's a feature length film, granted though, if you keep this style, it's not going to be like a mainstream, like the actual, I mean, well, it's COVID, but it wouldn't go to theaters <laughs> normally. Cause yeah, it's, 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 I could see a studio looking at this and be like, it's quote unquote too weird, you know? Oh, except I don't think that Estrella Negra would ever. Oh have... yeah. Yeah. I, she, like that would be selling out right it goes counter to punk culture so she'd be like fuck the studios i'm gonna make this whichever way i choose which good for her yeah (laughs) um well listeners let us know what you thought of flesh um again this was a this was probably a an interesting watch for a lot of you so i'm really eager to see what y'all thought about it Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i think uh, on that note then we can cross out flesh Yes, and cross out micro queers. The Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network, home of creepy, disturbing, and terrifying creepy pastas, SCP archives, weekly full cast storytelling. Horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and the Boo Crew. Horror-centric interviews. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.